0: You are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do your it. daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Pub. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet and I cover all sports. On the all new Locked On Today. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Two big things on the show today. The first is the Packers approach to an offseason with the cap in flux. The things that they might be able to do that maybe we're not talking about enough, especially with some new information and new reporting that has recently come out. And also, second half of the show. There is an interesting question that the Packers are facing here with a post Mike Patton world. We still do not know who the defensive coordinator is going to be and I think there are real questions, especially among fans, about how different this defense needs to look. We're going to get to that a little bit later. Tom Pelissero from NFL Media reported last night that not only does it look like, or at least there's some optimism, that the salary cap is not going to be at the pre-negotiated floor, that 175 number, But then it'll be more like 185 or even higher. Now, this jives with the reporting that Bill Huber did speaking with agents in the run-up to uh, this new agreement or whatever the final number ends up being. Agents are not always the most reliable in these kinds of things. They have a motivation here. They want their number to be higher because they want their guys to get paid. The NFLPA wants their guys to get paid. It's the owners who don't want to have to bet on future dollars. They don't want to have to deal with smoothing if they can avoid it. They don't want to have to pay money that they didn't make this year. And that is just the reality of the situation. Now, at the same time, there are going to be plenty of people who say, look, financially, the league is going to be fine long term. You can backfill some of this money. I want to have a good team. I don't want to have to gut my team. Jeffrey Lurie does not want to have to gut the Eagles. You know, the the Saints don't want to have to gut their team. There are a lot of teams facing ugly cap situations if it is at that projected floor number. Now, every dollar, it goes higher, benefits these teams in their flexibility, and it benefits the players. But even with 185, that is almost $15 million below what it was. And with the cap going up every year, no doubt what it would have been in a non-COVID world. That puts a lot of pressure on the middle class players. What we are likely to see this spring is the superstars are still going to get paid. The big money guys are still going to get their big money because there are enough teams with cap space who will be able to pay some of these top of market players. Those guys will still get big money and there will be a couple teams who have a bunch of cap space who will also overpay some of those maybe upper middle class free agents and then there will be young players who they get extensions or they get you know the nice restricted free agent tender you know Big Bob Tunyon might get that if the Packers can spare it. This is a normal mode of operations in the NFL. That would not matter on the cap in in normal times. It will matter more this year. But the people that that squeezes out are the people who would have signed, you know, for three years, 12. Or the corner who would have signed for four years, 24. Or the receiver who would have signed for three years, 18. Those are the players who are going to find very quickly that there is not the same kind of market for their services because even the teams who would normally do those deals, teams who you know don't want to make a splash but want to add someone, they are going to have less flexibility to get those deals done. So let's say the Packers look out at the landscape. And by by the way, I think Brian Gutekinds thinks there are going to be players out there who will bet on themselves more than normal, those single-season those single prove-it deals, and say, okay, let me go try and win a title here, up my value on a, on a popular franchise that has a chance to win a Super Bowl. I'm going to play in a lot of nationally televised games. I can up my profile and then go get paid in 2022. New media deal, the cap is going to spike, and there's going to be a buying frenzy. There are going to be players out there who want to do that. And you take someone like Rashard Higgins, Browns fan favorite, but someone who has not been a consistent part of that offense. Let's say the Browns don't want to sign him. They have Donovan Peoples-Jones, they've got OBJ, they've got Jarvis Landry, and they don't move on from OBJ. Higgins, according to Track, they do this cool thing called market value where they project based on the, the statistical history of the player, the age, and all that stuff other players who have been in similar situations what they've gotten. So SpotTrack says his market value is in that middle class, that $6 million a year range. Okay. Who is going to give Rashard Higgins four years, 24? There would have been probably three or four teams under normal circumstances who would do that. If you're Higgins... What if the Packers are saying, okay, Devin Funches, we don't want you back. Higgins is a really nice fit in this offense. He's a solid route runner. He's not explosive down the field, but he could give you a little something. Would you come in and play for one year on the minimum? Catch passes from Aaron Rodgers, go out and try and win a title, and then try and cash in on a breakout season. Rashard Higgins based on what we've seen of these guys in the NFL, is a better player right now than Equinemius St. Brown, than Malik Taylor, than, you know, obviously than Darius Shepard and some of these other guys that they could put out there, than Reggie Bagleton. Those are the kind of upgrades you can make. That is a veteran guy who could come in and make your team just a little bit better. Okay, what about a higher profile guy? Marvin Jones. Packer fans know from, from his time in the Lions. Spotrac says okay his market value is 10 million. I'm I am dubious of that number. He also turns 31 this spring. He is the kind of player that in another season a team would convince themselves to overpay because he's been a productive player, but he's just he's not the same guy anymore. He can still make terrific um adjustments on balls. His body control is unbelievable but he's not getting open consistently anymore the explosiveness is not there he could be a safety blanket for a team like the packers and he could he could be had on i think a low money deal not you know the minimum but you know would he play in green bay on a on a one year four and could green bay make that work with that 185 number and some machinations with the cap They have a great opportunity with the cornerback pool. There are going to be a ton of, whether it's starting caliber players, borderline starting caliber players, nickelbacks, that they could bring in on the very cheap. Kevin King just isn't going to cut it. What about Xavier Rhodes? He played on a one-year prove-it deal in Indy. They could bring him back. And certainly, he played well enough for them to bring him back. They still don't know what their quarterback situation is there. Chris Ballard loves a distressed asset. I think it would make sense for him to be back. He knows the scheme. And like I said, played well enough to be back. But if they decide, no, we want to go in a younger direction, we're going to draft a guy and you know, rely on the rest of our secondary. Great. Great. What about his, his teammate, Malik Hooker? What about Brian Poole, who I think is a really underrated player for the Jets, a nickelback? A really good player. Are the Jets going to re-sign him? Does he want to be in New York? What about another familiar name, Brashad Breland? Might win a Super Bowl on Sunday, but are the Chiefs going to have him back? Legereus Sneed is playing really well. Could Breland, you know, we know Green Bay is not, not opposed to reunions. We've done this before. Why they didn't just re-sign Breland the first time, I guess I I don't understand. I thought he played well enough. I thought he made it pretty clear that, that he was one of the two or three best corners on the team. I don't understand why they didn't do that. They could write that wrong. Not that he's been great. He hasn't, but he's a veteran guy. You'd rather him be out there than Kevin King. Now, again, I haven't given up on someone like Josh Jackson. We don't know what this defense is going to look like. We don't know what they're going to prize. If they're gonna, if they're gonna be a primary man team, yeah, Xavier Rhodes probably not the guy. But that is is not precluding them from looking at you know any of the other myriad guys who are going to be out there. You know, maybe they they pluck off the Todd Bowles tree, and you know you take Ross Cockrell who is in Tampa Bay who could be available pretty inexpensively. There are going to be a lot of guys out there, starting caliber players, who are going to have to take a lot less because of the financial realities of this season. And Green Bay is positioned. It's not the NBA. It's not going to be a lot of buyout guys and ring chasers. It doesn't really work like that. But there are going to be players who are going to have to take a lot less money than they would in a normal market. And for a team like Green Bay that is strapped financially, they could be the beneficiary of those market conditions. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counter guy orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brands his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, prices at RockAuto are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same part? Go to RockAuto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. All right, let's set this topic up with a question from the Locked On Packers fan hotline. Um, This one does not have a name on it. Guys, leave your name. I want to shout you out on the show. Whoever sent this will know, but your buddies won't know. Your mom won't know if she listens to the show. And why why shouldn't she? (laughs) Hi, Peter. What's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? With Mike Patton not being retained, I want to flesh out something, some of the defensive philosophies he had. They made opponents drive down the field 8, 10, 14 plays, and they won because the Packers offense was always more efficient. Wouldn't you want a philosophy where your defense takes more risks to cause more turnovers or sacks? And if the other team scores, so what? We've got Aaron Rodgers coming on the field. Don't we want more chances to be the most efficient offense? This is a fascinating question. And I think the answer to it will be revealed in Matt LaFleur's decision. I don't think there was a problem at its core with what Mike Patton wanted to be. I think there was a problem with the execution of it and with some of the the play-to-play and behind-the-scenes things that go into coaching and defense. Think about the Rams. They show a lot of two-high safeties. They end up playing a lot of single-high safety, but they also play a lot of two-deep. They play a lot of quarters, and they do not give up big plays. They just don't. And one of the reasons that they don't is they play disciplined on the back end. They rush the passer really well. And they disguise coverages to make it more difficult for you to understand what they're doing. They make you drive 8, 10, 14 plays. When you don't give up big plays, that is good for your defense. You don't have to take chances to not give up big plays. The Rams proved that last year. You look at the Bucks game in the NFC Championship game. They played a ton of two-man Two deep safeties, man coverage underneath. When you can get home with four, the way that they did, and then you pick and choose when you dial up pressure, you're not going to give up big plays. They gave up the one, the big one to MVS. There was another one that they almost gave up that Rodgers and and Valdez-Scantling just missed on. But generally speaking, they made the Packers throw everything underneath they couldn't get anything down the field, two deep safeties, but they still played aggressive man coverage, press coverage. They still blitz. There are ways to do both. And I think that is the issue here. Mike Penton's plan to say, you're not going to beat us over the top is a good one. It's a good one. And look, Dom Capers, I thought took too many risks. What Mike Patton was not able to capture was that balance of, okay, we're not going to get beat deep, but that means we're going to play a little too passive sometimes and play a little bit too much off and not get in the face of receivers on third down. And the blitzes are not going to be well disguised consistently enough. You know, when Mitch Trubisky can identify a blitz coming, You know, you didn't do a great job disguising it. And your players have to just play better. That's part of it. They just have to play better. Like, Jason Pierre-Paul was fine this year. He was a fine edge rusher as a pass rusher. He's always been a really good run defender. He was fine. In two games against Green Bay, he was dominant. That was the performance you needed from Zadarius Smith. Shaq Barrett is an awesome player. He's going to get really paid this year. Preston Smith, where were you? Preston Smith's not as good as Shaq Barrett, but as a pass rusher, is he that much worse than JPP? I don't think so. JPP, dominant. Preston Smith, not. If your guys don't come through for you, it makes your defensive scheme look a lot worse. And when you set up one-on-ones for those guys, and they still can't win, and one-on-ones against inferior talent in a lot of these cases, you know you don't expect to beat Tristan Wirfs a ton, but the Packers had opportunities against lesser guys. There are two weak links on the Buccaneers' offensive line. Green Bay was not able to expose either of them. That is a problem of game plan. I think this also reaches into the defensive coordinator discussion because I've heard from a number of fans who are going, wait, Jim Leonard? Jim Leonard runs Mike Patton's defense. We don't want Mike Patton's defense. Important difference, okay? Just because you run a system based in similar principles doesn't mean your defenses are going to be similarly effective. Doesn't mean they're going to be even all that similar in the way that they look. Think about the West Coast offense. How many people from the Mike Holmgren tree went on to be coaches? Most of them did not have anywhere near the success Andy Reid did. Same offense. Marty Mortingrigg was running the same offense, Steve Mariucci. It's that same Bill Walsh, West Coast. They didn't have the same success because the play calling, because the play design, because the teaching, because the communication. There are so many things that go into coaching. I mean, how many teams run the Kyle Shanahan offense, which is really the Mike Shanahan offense? They all look a little different. And in in the case of like the Rams and the 49ers, they look a lot different. And yet those guys come from the same place. I mean, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, and Sean McVay all run versions of this Shanahan tree offense. Add in Kevin Stefanski. They've all had success with it offensively. And yet the way that they get to certain packages, the, the frequency with which they run certain concepts, totally different. You know, a really good Madden player, just to put it in in context that that might be more accessible a really good Madden player he's using the same playbook as you or me he's he's better at it and and not because he communicates better or he's a better teacher same players by the way on the field he just understands when to dial one thing up versus another makes good adjustments in the game. Okay, the defense is doing this, so I'm going to do this. The offense is going to do this, so I'm going to do this. The scheme, especially defensively, is not the thing. It's just not the thing. And even Mike Patton has warped and changed and evolved his philosophy over the years. I mean, even his first year in Green Bay, so many designer blitzes, the double A-gap mug looks, all that stuff. We didn't see that last year. We didn't see that this year. He changed as his personnel changed. And that is something that you have to credit Mike Patton for having done. Someone like Jim Leonard is not going to come in and just run back what we saw last year. He's going to teach it differently. He's going to implement it differently. He's going to have different game plans. He's going to identify philosophies differently. And he's going to react to his players differently. It's going to be a different group of players. There might be, you know, two, three new starters, depending on what they decide to do contractually. So, this idea that you would just say, okay, well, his philosophy was bad. No, his philosophy wasn't bad, not in theory, it was the practice. You can have a great philosophy in theory, and then when you go to implement it, you don't quite modulate it the right way. Okay, don't get beat over the top. That means on 3rd and 15, everyone dropped to 17. It's that kind of stuff. You don't have to do that. You don't have to play that way. And I don't think Matt LaFleur wants to play that way. I do think Matt LaFleur wants to take more risks and and. To this, the person who asked this question's point, you have Aaron Rodgers. You have Devontae Adams. You have a really good offensive scheme. You have a really good play caller. You have a really good offensive line. A really good run game. You can afford to take a couple more chances. You can afford to play a little bit more man coverage. You can afford to go cover zero every once in a while on a blitz. You can afford to play a little bit more press man. You can, you can afford to do that. That doesn't mean be more high variance. That doesn't mean be okay with giving up big plays. No, you always want to avoid big plays if you can avoid it. There is a certain risk tolerance here that you have to have, though, about saying, okay, in order to be aggressive, that means opening ourselves up to a certain level of risk. There are some teams that are great at at just not. The Rams last year, they just didn't get beat over the top. It just didn't happen except in the game where it did, and they lost. Packers beat them a couple times down the field, double moves, play action, the kinds of things that they happened to be vulnerable doing, and that only the Packers really were able to execute on them. And the fact that they didn't have Aaron Donald certainly played a big role in that. Or, you know, Aaron Donald at full Aaron Donald form. I do think... Matt LaFleur wants a philosophy change, but that doesn't mean it has to be a schematic change, right? You can run the same offense and just take more deep shots, call more plays like that. You could run the same offense and run the ball more. In fact, Green Bay did that this year. They had a little bit more run pass balance than they had the year before. Not a lot, but a little. Part of that is game script, but part of that is the RPO. We talked about it a couple times this year. Teams decided to defend them differently. Once they saw that this passing game was for real, they said, okay, two deep safeties. We dare to run. Okay, RPO look. The numbers say, give it. So they did, and they ran the ball effectively. What you want is a defense that's able to adapt to how offenses are going to attack you. And I think too often Green Bay didn't have those answers. And when things started to roll downhill on them, they didn't have a coach who was able to say, okay, this is how we're going to react to that. This is how we're going to make a change. And frankly, they didn't have the player. And usually it is a front player who just says, screw this. I'm going to go make a play. And there are only, you know, a very few handful of guys who are capable of doing that. I think J.R. Alexander is the kind of player on the back end who is capable of doing that. I think Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos as a tandem are capable of doing that. We just haven't seen it yet. I think Kenny Clark, you know, if he's really rolling, there is the upside there where he could do that. He's just saying, no, I I own this game now. We've seen Zadarius Smith do it. He did it last year against the Vikings. Just said, you know what? The offense is fumbling the ball, throwing interceptions. I'm just going to go win this game by myself. And he did it. He did it. As good a defensive performance as a Packer has had not named Charles Woodson in the last 20 years. We didn't see that version of Z this year. Okay, why not? That's a question Green Bay has to ask. Can Rashawn Gary be that guy? Talent's there. Talent's there. That's why this is such an important decision. And Matt LaFleur knows what he wants from this coach. He can answer this question better than I can, obviously, but he knows. He knows the answer already. And presumably, the guy he hires is the guy who answers that question. In which case, when we get to next year, we will know what Matt LaFleur thinks about precisely this question. Before we finish up, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Prop Bets. Come on, now prop bets were literally invented for the Super Bowl. You want in on the action this Sunday. The Packers aren't playing, so you might as well make some money. And there are some good ones. There are some good ones. I love the Ronald Jones over-receiving yards. You can even add with the uh, over-rushing yards. Love that one. Love that one. We talked about it on Locked On Today with Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets today. Go check that out. Love that one. Make yourself some money at BetOnline, and they'll even do you one better. They'll let you make money just for signing up and putting money in your account. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Ashlon. I don't know about you, but in 2021 not that it was a new year's resolution but i just told myself look i got i got to get back to working out i got to get back in shape i wasn't feeling good and i got to tell you i'm feeling great because i have been on my routine lately let echelon help you get on yours echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes fitness mirrors rowing machines and their echelon stride smart treadmill they have world-class instructors who will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio level classes always available when you need them i love the classes it's that energy i love the energy of those classes it really helps you get going unlike their competitors you know what I'm talking about Echelon is affordable for everyone and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now you can try Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's echelonfit.com slash locked on. All right. That's it this week. No Friday show for locked on Packers. That's going to be a trend starting this off season. Uh, we will still do some some live on Periscopes. In fact, we will do one on Friday, Friday, 5.30 Central. We are going to do a, basically a live podcast. So it'll be a Periscope-only podcast. Ask questions um, and uh, just hang out. So grab a cocktail and... And we'll chill and and talk Packers and have a good time. Also, don't forget about our friends at 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-in-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 design masters have produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings and they're all available now exclusively at BlueNile.com.